Hey, Mountain Dew drinkers. It's the Mountain Dew Baja Blast 20th Baja Versary. 20 years of Baja Blast being a Taco Bell fan favorite. To celebrate this year, the tropical lime flavor of Baja Blast is in stores everywhere all year long. 366 days. That's right, it's a leap year. And for a limited time, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. The Mountain Dew Baja Blast 20th Baja Versary. No purchase necessary. Open to legal residents of US 18 plus. Subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com and 61524. Void where prohibited. You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network. Riotcast.com. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. And now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Lady Diagnosis. She who will do most anything for a glass of expensive wine. How are you? Uh-oh. Nope, your mic is not on. Okay, wait, 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 wait. God. Okay, go. Okay. Try it now. Can you hear me? Now yep. I can hear me. Yep. Okay. There we go. Yeah. What a professional start. <laughs> I hope it's okay. Some recruiters listening to this one. Mm. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call 347 766 4323. That's 347 Poohhead. <laughs> If you're listening to us live, the number is 754-227-3647. That's 754-22-PENIS. Yay, or 754-BEAR-NIP, which is my favorite. Follow <laughs> us on Twitter at Weird Medicine, or Lady Diagnosis, or Dr. Scott WM. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcast medical news and stuff you can buy, or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking over with your doctor, nurse, practitioner, physician, assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, um, acupuncturist, yoga master, clinical laboratory scientist, veterinarian, sommelier, (laughs) or whatever. I was distracted because I was potting down the wrong pot and um, nothing was happening. Oh, well, don't pot. Yeah, and I, I, uh, if you're wondering why I allowed that abortion of a intro to just go on and on, it's because this is like the fourth time, and the people who are listening live are getting sick of hearing the theme song over <laughs> and over again. I had to take a mulligan like three times before you got here. Um, hey, don't forget, stuff.drsteve.com. That's stuff.drsteve.com for all of your uh, online shopping needs. Um, it's got just about every thing we've ever talked about on this show that you can buy, including the Womanizer, Ooh. which is a delightful uh, uh, toy for sexual intercourse. We never got a report on that. Well, it's pretty It's pretty awesome. Hmm. Um, the other things that are on there are things like the Navage, where if you're uh, 
uh, suffering from uh, nasal congestion as I am, the uh, Navage is delightful. It's like a neti pot for the 21st century. I like the neti pot, so it's better. Oh, it's a million for me. It's a million times better. You don't have to get into a weird position, and you don't have to practice, <laughs> and nothing ever goes down your throat. This thing is—it's um, got a reservoir in the top, mm-hmm. and you put saline in it, and uh, always use distilled water. By the way, don't use tap water for any of these things. Oops. And do you use tap water? Well, of course, we've I had do. Tom. We've had stories on here where people get their brains get eaten by amoebas by using tap water. Every once in a while, most of the time, in this country, tap water is sterile. But every once in a while, something will get in there. So always, please, please, always use distilled water. Okay. Okay. Going forward. And um, uh, and then they've got these little saline pods that you put in. And so that's in the top reservoir. The bottom reservoir gets all the stuff that comes out of your nose. Ew. So um, you, you stand up in a normal position. Uh, with your head upright, and you, uh, there's two little na- nasal uh, speculums that stick into your nose right. with you know a, a nice seal with rubber, and then you hit the button, and if you hit it in halfway, you it it you you get suction out of one nostril, you hmm. know, and then you push it in. Once you get that flow going, then you right. hit it in all the way, and then it starts shooting saline in one nostril and sucking it out the other. Okay. And uh, there, how does it shoot it? Like, well, there's a little pump. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, there. Um, it's got a little uh, water pump in there, or hydraulic pump in it. So it shoots it in one nostril and sucks it out the other, and then everything goes in that bottom reservoir. And then about halfway down, I'll flip it. You can flip it so now it su- shoots in the other nostril and sucks out of the other one. So do you look at what's in the bottom? Oh, yeah, it's horrendous. Oh god, that's disgusting. Yeah, but it's really easy to clean out, and your your nose feels like. You know how you feel right when you get out of the shower mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, if you've gone to a spa and and you uh, get in the hot tub and then you get in the pool mm-hmm. and then you take a shower, how mm-hmm. clean you feel. That's how the inside of your nose feels. It never oh, feels no. like that. I'm going to get one of those. It's it's awesome. It's under 100 bucks. You can buy it at stuff.drsteve.com. Highly recommended. Uh, don't forget tweakedaudio.com. Offer code FLUID for the best earbuds for the price uh, on the market and the best uh the best customer service anywhere, and they are a Tennessee company. Uh, simplyherbals.net is Dr. Scott's website. He's uh, caught in a, in a traffic jam, so he's going to be a bit, little bit late. And uh, if you're interested in losing weight with me, and really it's not even a weight loss thing, it's a psychology thing that allows you to change your relationship with food. It's called Noom. N-O-O-M. Go to noom.drsteve.com. You get two weeks free and 20% off. Uh, and it's already cheaper than, or I don't want to say cheaper, it's less expensive than Weight Watchers. Mm-hmm. And with that 20%, it's significantly less. And then uh, if you're interested in getting uh, archives of this show, and why would you, but oh, I'm course. just, you know, it's out there if you do, uh, go to premium.drsteve.com. If you'll use offer code FLUID for that as well, uh, you'll get a really good deal for the first three months. It's basically free. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So, uh, do you do you want to talk about the thing you told me about at lunch the other day, or no? I don't care. What did, did I tell you? Well, about the twenty three and me. Oh yes, the, the or, DNA. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about it? Sure. Okay. It's so exciting. Okay. So tell us the story. <laughs> well, I'm fifty, and I didn't know who my parents were. I'm adopted. Oh wait. Say that again. How old are you? I'm 
25. <laughs> and so for my whole 25 years, I've never known who my parents Damn were. It, my I birth fucked parents. fucked up this drop because when you said I'm 50, I was going <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. That's why I always tell people, I say, you know, when the comedians come down, I say, I've got a supermodel that'll drive you around. It's She's like, old. She's an aging supermodel, but a supermodel nonetheless. <laughs> She's so, old. But anyway. But anyway, right. so I did the Ancestry DNA, and I got a bunch of hits on uh, one string of family that I don't know. So I started contacting them. You never heard of them. Right. So they were like, well, um, you could possibly be... They were all from Iowa, which is where I'm from, and the... Uh, I did have a mother's name. Well, can we start this whole thing? You were adopted. Right. Okay. So oh, I that... said that while you were fixing your mic. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. Okay. So uh, I had her name, and one of the people that I had talked to that were on my ancestry, mm, oh, oh, they knew on. her. Oh, hang on. This is important. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. Not that your story isn't important. <laughs> Tacey, you're on Weird Medicine. <laughs> Are you there? <laughs> uh, no, she's not. <laughs> Okay, it's, a, it's such a coincidence. Is she coming up? No, I don't know. Oh. It's such a coincidence that she calls every time while we're recording and then hangs up. Hmm. Okay, but anyway. Oh, so the people I had contacted, one of them, his wife actually grew up with this person who was the mother. And so they tried to help me figure out who my dad was. So she's the one that showed up. So she had done the Ancestry.com DNA test as well? No. Okay. No, I just had her name, my my birth mother's name. Oh, you did have her mm-hmm. name. Oh, oh, okay. But I okay. couldn't find her on any kind of a social media or anywhere. I see. I'll, I had her her maiden name, not her married name. Got it. So I didn't know how I would find her. So they helped me find her, and then I talked to her one day. I just called her out of the blue and said, hey. And she was shocked, and I asked her who my dad was, and she told me, and he didn't show up on any of my ancestry so I was kind of confused. So hmm. I started, I kept talking to the people that were on there, and we think we found out who the father is. Wow. Because my supposedly uncle did it, and I came back really, really high. Okay, high so, so um, context with that. So you had, you had found this guy who was not the guy, but he was the brother of who you thought was the guy. Well, what happened was I called who they thought my dad was, and he said, nope, don't know her. But you can talk to my brother. <laughs> so he gave me his brother's number. Maybe my number. brother did her. No, he had no clue. And so I <laughs> called the brother, and the brother said, mm, well, we'll figure it out. And so we started, you know, doing the deductive reasoning and looking at pictures of me and his pictures of his kids. And he's like, oh, you're my niece. So, wow. Okay. So he did it, and he got the test results back Tuesday. And so this guy spent uncle. the 100 bucks mm-hmm. to do it just to show mm-hmm. – that he was related to you, and it came back as a first-degree relative or second-degree relative first, or something. Yes. First-degree relative. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He wow. did. Isn't that nice? Yeah. And he's excited about meeting me. Yeah. You'd think in that situation where no one even knew I existed, they'd kind of, you know, yeah. keep me at arm's length. Yeah. Well, the uncle, he doesn't have a dog in that hunt. Mm, well, the whole yeah. family is excited. Yeah, yeah. So cool. Well, that's he, awesome. But the father doesn't know yet, so don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's great. So everyone's excited except maybe the father, and we don't know. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he'll come around. I hope so. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. It's really well. Exciting. It's a mystery solved. I know. That's through a lot science. Of years. I who'd have thought? Spit in a tube. Yep. All your questions will be answered. Yep. Yeah. Who'd thought? 
I've heard lots of stories. <laughs> Putting a penis in a vagina and 50 years later somebody <laughs> shows up. Or 25. Yeah. <laughs> right. Whenever it was. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, yeah. good. Congratulations. Thank you. That's I'm very so exciting. excited. All right. Um, I wish we had a code for that, that we could uh, now make money off of uh, other people doing the same thing. The um, uh, I read a couple of news articles that showed uh the police are using this like if they have dna mm. they're getting they're just submitting it to 23andme as a profile and seeing who shows up and everyone it's usually not the criminal but in just like in your case it's mm-hmm. some family member of the criminal and then they can go to them and go who who are you related to mm-hmm. and track them down that way so oh and the family loves to try to figure out the mystery so that's yeah. that's yeah very- well, I can tell my 23 or uh, Ancestry.com story, uh, un- not unlike Elizabeth Warren, my family, uh, the story in our family is that um, <clears throat> we were descended from a, a Native American tribe in Florida. And uh, my mom told that story, and, you know, uh, I think she thought she was 116th. That would have made me one, you know, 32nd Native American. And uh, and then on my dad's side, uh, we were always told that we were Ashkenazi Jewish descent and that uh, we had been forcibly converted in what was then the Sudetenland uh, by you know the Germans, the the over the overlords, back in the early you know late nineteenth century, early twentieth century, and uh, so I got my ancestry dot com, expecting to see a one thirty second Native American heritage, and um, um, you know at least a, a quarter Ashkenazi mm-hmm. heritage. Right. None Nothing. of it. None of it. None of it was uh. true. Liars. Zero. All liars. I have even less Native American uh, her- or DNA than Elizabeth Warren does, and she's got like one one thousandth or something like that. <laughs> <Jeez. you know? laughs> so <laughs> I have zero. Mm. And um, uh, so that was interesting. So I'm not going to pass along a bunch of malarkey to um, my kids with in some fake BS family story mm-hmm. you know and it, dr scott's here hello dr scott hey dr steve um uh glad you could make it and um uh, we did plug simply herbals.net you got I'm anything good, new you. there oh not yet just sorry i was late okay all right um we have uh richard in seattle and we also have a special guest that's calling in uh joe on line two uh richard's been on hold for 20 minutes and i really do want to get to joe uh, you've got a, a couple of options, buddy. You can call back in, uh, say, 10 minutes, or you can just hang on the line. And uh, but I, I do need to get Richard first, and I apologize for that. Anyway, um, well, I don't apologize to Richard because here he is. Hey, man. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I'm calling you from a BlackBerry, and it's working just fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's delightful. Anyway, what's going on, man? Um, so... Um, so I got quite a few things to talk about. So I don't know how long you want to have me on, but um, I, you know, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Shadai first because I always forget. To, you know, it seems like I always forget to say that. Yeah, it's your lovely wife. That's up front, you know? right? Yeah, and um, and also a shout out to G Back. Uh, whenever baseball season, spring training starts, I always think of him because we just talk about 
baseball all the time. So, little shout out to him as well. Yep. Yeah, we miss GVAC. Um, There's no oh. question about that. He's looking over us. I don't know if you can if you're looking on the monitor, but he's over a lady diagnosis left shoulder. And there, there was something you said actually. Um, just a quick question. You said something about you thought GVAC had reached enlightenment or something, but you didn't really touch too much on it. Like, what did you mean? by that that was always interesting to me when did i say that i i i don't remember saying that i i think he was an yeah, enlightened yeah, was, person but um you know he was very well balanced uh, i don't remember you saying that specifically yeah. but certainly we had discussions like that he was he was very well rounded and very knowledgeable and he's just an all-around great great person yeah 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 he was i mean for only having met him once like he had like a, a pretty big impact on you know on us and so yeah, good guy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, I, so, so I was calling to talk about. Um, well, if you think, I guess the, the first thing I ask you is the question I had about is, uh, you know, as far as like the opiate debate, um, when when people take them regularly, like in most states, if you're taking something strong, right, you have to go to the doctor like every month to get them, right? Well, it's every. Um, you have to actually. It's really three. Right, yeah, it's usually three key. months. Every three months okay. is the minimum. So even, right. even that. Yeah. Even that, right? So, but the fact that they're just coming to a doctor every three months is probably a good thing, right? Like, maybe they'd never go to the doctor had if they didn't have that, you know. So I was wondering, like, when you guys talk about medical ethics, and now with you know everybody wanting to cut off people from their opiates, and then that's a whole other mess, but. It, from a method, medical ethics standpoint, like what do you guys, what is, what is your take and what is your the take of your peers on that? Uh, on seeing uh, the medical ethics of taking people off of uh, but Yeah, well, yeah, because, you know, I'll go to the doctor. Like, yeah, I've had back surgery, so I've had all this, and they make you sign a million pieces of paperwork and, right. you know, and you're on them for a couple months and they're like, well, you know, maybe we should get off of these. and But, yeah, they'll give you, like, an antidepressant and let you take it in perpetuity. Oh, like, I see. But you don't want to take, have to, you know, they're like, you, you don't want to have to take a pill every day, right? Like, referring to the opiates, and I'm like, well, you'll give me a blood pressure medication right. that I take every day, or, you know, what is the difference between that, if, if taken responsibly, of course, yeah. that, and, and which most people do, the studies show most people do take them responsibly. Um, the huge difference is that there isn't a um, crisis in overdose deaths from antidepressants in this country right now and uh the 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 issue is that a rigid okay so a lot of people who die from opioid overdoses were started on a legitimate prescription of opioids so it was an orthopedic injury or surgery or something like that and there there's a significant percentage of those people so we as physicians are culpable to some extent uh, um, in the um, opioid quote-unquote crisis that's going on right now but what you notice is as doctors and other providers learn that over prescribing can can uh, increase the um, uh, the number of pills in the community that are being used for non-medical purposes that we uh, when we realized that maybe we should have realized it long before but uh, when we got serious about it in about 2010 you can see the number of prescriptions of pain medications that are written in this country dropping precipitously 
But at the same time, the number of opioid-related deaths are going up on a geometric um, rate. And I talk to people at the state level, and uh, I'm, a, I'm on a couple of committees, and one of them is a state-level committee, and everyone there, uh, particularly in the emergency rooms, are saying none of the people they're seeing anymore, and it's almost literally none, are um, due to prescription opioid overdoses. Almost all of them are due to illicit drug overdoses from medications like heroin and fentanyl or heroin cut with fentanyl and that kind of stuff. And uh, so we've been successful in decreasing the number of pills on the market, but we're not stopping opioid-related deaths. And that the, uh, because the, the doctors aren't the problem, but the regulations keep coming down on us. And they make them more and more stringent all the time. I mean, because we're really the low-hanging fruit. We're the easy target. It's easy to say, oh, well, the doctors just need to stop writing opioids. The problem is there are people out there who legitimately need opioids to live, and they've been caught up with this. And I tell these legislators, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's at least make sure that people who legitimately need them can get them. But let's make sure that uh, providers of all kinds that can write Schedule Two and Schedule Three opioids um, uh, are writing them for people that are they're actually going to benefit. So that's that's as far as the ethics of just hacking and slashing at people without regard to what they actually need. That's I have a real right. problem with that. And that's usually our response to everything in America. You know we. If somebody drinks, you know, 20 energy drinks, all of a sudden we're like, well, energy drinks are bad. Well, you know, if you drink 20 of pretty much anything, it's not going to end well. Well, well, that's right. And Richard has a a true bias in this regard since he owns a company that makes energy drinks called Hyperphysics, ladies and gentlemen, which you can... uh, can you yeah. you can buy it at Amazon through the stuff.drsteve.com link. So there you go. Yeah. Got to make money while we're doing it. Right. There was a, uh, yeah, because there was, there was an episode of House MD where they had a, you know, he's teaching these students how to, you know, treat patients. And this guy comes into the ER and it, it really seems like he's faking his injury to get opiates. And, but, you know, and he's got like kind of a sketchy past. And, and the student, the correct response was, you know, what do you do? Do you give him the opiate or not? And the correct response is you give it to him. And they were like, well, He's, he's probably fishing for this. And he's like, yeah, but in the one in a hundred chance that he actually really is in pain, the bigger wrong is to let him stay in pain rather than give, you know, g- giving an addict some more drugs is, you know, not great, but that's, yeah. you know, the lesser evil. Well, that's say, acute. You know, is making sure. Yeah. Right. That's acute treatment. So chronic treatment and acute treatment are, are different. Um, I'll throw something else out. If you have someone that's uh, uh, exhibiting drug-seeking behaviors, often the correct response is to increase their dose. And you say, well, that sounds ridiculous. That's what we're trying to fight against. And uh, But there's a thing called pseudo-addiction, so I'm going to throw this out there for the people who are... um, uh, who are not intimately involved in this. If you had 10 out of 10 pain, the worst pain you could possibly imagine, and you went to your primary care provider and they, you know, said, oh, you know, we don't write pain medication. Here, take some Tylenol. What, how would you behave? 
not what what would you think how would you behave well one thing you might do is you might raise hell you might argue with them you might find another doctor uh oh now you're doctor shopping you might hoard whatever right. little bit of opioids they give you and take them all at once and maybe you overdose because you're desperate there's a lot of things that you might do uh, that would label you as a drug seeker but you're actually seeking relief. So the, um, the, when you are dealing with pseudo-addiction and you're not sure what you're dealing with, the correct response is to increase the dose of opioids. And um, uh, if, if you're dealing with a um, case of pseudo-addiction, the patient will say, oh, thank you, you know, I, finally I'm getting some relief. Whereas the true addict, there's a bottomless pit. You know, there will never be a dose that you can... Uh, uh, give them that right. uh, they're going to be satisfied with. Tacey, um, my, my, my wife just showed up. Just leave that right there just for a second. Um, we're having trouble with the phones again, and we're using this. So as soon as we get okay. Joe uh, in here and out of here, then we'll stop taking phone calls, and we'll put that mic on you. Until then, you can share mic with lady diagnosis. Yeah, share it with well, You can talk real loud. I'll just talk loud. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I can hear you okay. I can't hear you. But anyway, so th- that's the deal with that. <laughs> Right. Okay. So, and, and on to a new topic. Um, you know, we had talked about the flu vaccine before when I was on the show, and you know, with things coming out like Johnson and Johnson baby powder having asbestos in it. I was at a conference at my job. Uh, I work in medical research, also. If the people don't know, um, I'm not a doctor. I'm just I work in the lab. But um, we were having this discussion, and they were talking about people who were anti-vaxxers, and I was like, well, it really adds fuel to their argument when companies like Johnson & Johnson knowingly put asbestos in in their baby powder for years, apparently, right? This happened. Um, and I'm like, well, what do you tell people? You know, when you tell people this vaccine is okay and you say, just believe me, well, blood pressure medications now have carcinogens in them. Like, every time these companies fuck up like this, I mean, there should be, like, severe consequences because they're not only doing the service to their particular drug, but, like, the overall... You know, psyche of patients. Yeah. I mean, what do you, how do you respond? How well, would you respond to that? The thing with, with the thing with Johnson and Johnson is that talc is um, apparently mined near uh, places where asbestos is, or it forms ge- geologically under similar circumstances. And the um, the issue with the talc was, or the asbestos in the talc, was that Johnson Johnson kind of knew about it uh, for decades. Right. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I'd have to do more research on this to determine whether anyone's been able to point to this asbestos uh, it, that's that was possibly in their baby powder and say that it was linked to any disease. I know that there were three asbestos-related cases that they're appealing. Uh, the company won three other cases related to mesothelioma, which is a lung ca- tumor that uh, can be caused by uh, asbestos. And by the way, if you've ever been exposed to asbestos, the key, uh, there's nothing you can do about the past exposure, but don't smoke. If you smoke and you've been exposed <clears throat> to asbestos, it increases your risk of mesothelioma significantly. But uh, Johnson Johnson says, you know, they've, they've tested it. None of the tests over the last 50 years detected uh, the presence of asbestos. So, I, you know, I don't know where this thing is going. Um, right, yeah. You know. And the bigger question is just, you know, when you're telling people, you know, just trust medicine. You know, oh, Johnson I see. Johnson and the company. That 
Yeah. Like, how do you how do you overcome that that kind of thing? You know, yeah, the people I, I talk to have no answer. There isn't an answer for it. Uh, I mean, I got a bottle of pills from the pharmacy a couple of years ago, and they were just the wrong medication. You know, so right. uh, there are things are there's risk in everything. I mean, we could get hit by a meteor sitting here talking about this. Right. So um, right. they make it as safe as they can. The, the USDA makes our food supply as safe as it can be, but still. Every once in a while, there will get some parasite on on romaine lettuce or some, you know, uh, uh, enterotoxigenic E. coli in um, in beef. These things ha- these things happen. The best we can do is mitigate the risk to the best of our ability, and um, find find me something more trustworthy. So here's the question. So if your pharmacist isn't going to be a hundred percent, there could be ninety nine point nine nine percent somewhere in there but not 100 percent. there's a small chance of there being an f up and um uh, this case with the nurse who uh, uh was trying to inject somebody with versed and injected them with uh, valcuronium which is a paralytic agent the patient died uh, those things you know are tragic when they happen but there are multiple um, uh, layers of safety that you have to violate to get to uh, an outcome like that, and the more layers that you put on, the safer things are. But safety is never a hundred percent. So if so, what I can say to you though is, if I can't trust a hundred percent the pharmacist, it's one of the most trustworthy processes we have in our lives is getting our medication from a pharmacy. Right. Why in the hell would I trust some dude off the street selling me meth or, um, you know, uh, ecstasy or anything like that when there are none of those safeguards involved? So when you compare it to things like street drugs and stuff like that, then, yeah, it makes you feel a little bit better that at least it's as safe as it can be. We can always do better. And it's generally safe. Nothing is 100% safe. That's the best answer I can give you on that. Yeah, I had a, uh, whenever, you know, at the end of the, when you're done getting your prescription, they always say, you know, do you have a question for the pharmacist? And mine is always, yeah, why does it take so long to put pills in a fucking bottle? Yeah, well, I know at least now they've got these robots and it prints out the label. They don't have to sit and type up the label anymore and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, these places, the commercial, the big pharmacies, of course, are so insanely busy that uh, I recommend everybody, if you need refills on your medication, give them at least two days, if not a week's notice, because uh, most of the time they can get it done pretty quickly. Now, the other day, uh, we do e-prescribing, and I e-prescribed something for someone, and uh, at the end of the visit, which was not five minutes later, I said, I'm going to call the pharmacy, make sure they get this ready for you so you can just go pick it up. And so I called the pharmacy, and they said, oh, it's already ready. So that stuff is getting better all the time. Yeah. But, you know, they had a robot. Well, I only have... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, uh, I only have one rule with prescription. I tell my doctor this, is that if you give me anything that interferes with my erection, I'm I'm not going to take it. I don't care how <laughs> how good it is. Unless it's saving my life literally at that moment, I'm not going to take it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just not. That's, that's too much of a part of the enjoyment of life to give up. I understand. So, you know, certain antidepressants and beta blockers are going to be things you're going to want to avoid. Most everything is pretty erectile friendly. But, yeah. 
Well, listen, man, i got to move on to uh, – I've got Joe uh, List on the other line, and he's been waiting for a while. Call back if you've got other topics. Uh, we're going to do another show in about 30 minutes, so if you want to call back, that would be totally fine. We can get you on next week. Actually, yeah, I will do that because I'm just sitting here. Uh, I'd probably be asleep right now if I wasn't on this. So, All right, buddy. Um, and uh, tell yeah, your lovely yeah, wife Shatai we said hello. Well, so what happened? You broke up there. No, I said tell your lovely wife Shatai we said hello, and uh, everyone check out Hyperphysics H Y P E R F I Z Z I C S anywhere where you can buy energy drinks. All right, thanks again, Dr. Gale, and I'll talk to you again soon. All right, old buddy. I'll see you. Uh, we had a we got a big delay there at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, and the, now none of this is working. Holy moly! Okay. All right, let's get Joe in here. Hey, Joe. Sorry for the wait, man. We were having technical difficulties. I'm gonna have to sit down and figure this out over the next week so that we can take phone calls normally again. But anyway, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. No sweat. I was enjoying listening to the show. I oh. got to tune in more. Well, whatever. <laughs> the great Joe List, everyone. Um, comedian extraordinaire um, can be found at what? JoeList.com. Is that right? What's your website? Um, it's comedianjoelist.com okay. and uh, at Joe List Comedy on Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. Okay. So I guess attorneyjoelist.com um, was already, well, I mean, I guess plain Joe List. Who is that then? Who's got regular Joe List dot com? I don't. Know. I think it might be like some shopping site or something like that. Okay, Joe's I'm, List. Oh, or something. Joe's I don't know. List. I there's another Joe List in England who's an artist that I've actually met a couple times. Nice guy. Okay, I'm checking it out right now. But anyway, what can we do for you, man? All right, so uh, I sent you an email. I haven't talked to you in a while. I'm, I'm going to therapy. So therapy is really working out my, uh, my um, what do you call that when you're afraid of everything? Oh. Uh, hypochondria? Yeah. Okay, well, hypochondria is afraid of medical issues. Being afraid of anything, of everything is sort of agoraphobia if you're caught in the house or just generalized anxiety disorder. Yeah, I got that, too. I'm working on all of it. Oh, jeez. So okay. I, I hope I've been bothering you less. No, no, that's what makes you a great comedian, though. You know, I've never known a well-centered, balanced comedian that was worth anything. <laughs> that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I'm dealing with now is I have an actual diagnosis. It's this silent reflux. I don't know how to say the full name. Lara, Faka, Fuka, whatever the hell it's called. Okay. <laughs> where uh, I have reflux coming that skips over the heartburn and just goes right into my larynx or esophagus, I guess, evidently. Sure. Um, so I, I have like, it's almost like having asthma. I feel like I got a cough and uh, until there's a little hair in my throat or something. Yeah, and uh, I just started taking Prilosec. Is that going to help me, Prilosec OTC? Well, okay. So uh, let's talk a little bit about reflux. So reflux is the uh, process of stomach contents. Instead of staying in the stomach and going out through the duodenum, which is the first part of the of the intestine, it goes. Some of the stomach contents will work their way up the esophagus, and sometimes into the lungs even. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I will. I used to have. Uh, well, I still do, but I, I have reflux and I have the heartburn. But if I eat carbohydrates or drink too much and then lay down, I'll have this phenomenon where I'll get this quote unquote sour brash or 
acidy liquid that will flow from my stomach up it through my esophagus. Of course, I'm laying down, so there's gravity isn't keeping the contents in my stomach anymore. It's all horizontal, and so it just flows uh, down the path of least resistance and then gets into my uh, lungs, and then I cough and hack for about a half an hour before I can go back to sleep. So mine is not silent. So silent reflex would be all these same things happening, but you would get the uh, the the sequelae of being exposed to acidic fluid, coughing, uh, hoarse voice, those kinds of things. Tacey, any other symptoms of silent reflux that you can think of? Those are the big ones. Clearing your throat constantly, that kind of stuff. And... Um, uh, oh, did you do you have ear pain at all, Joe? No, no ear pain. It's just, um, it's only gone on for a few days. What first started, I had like a white bump in the back of my throat. So I went to a doctor about that. It would come and go for like okay. a day, but be worse after I drank like a smoothie or something spicy. Yep. yep. And then uh, the ENT, he noticed that like the back of my, like my throat throat, not like the roof of my mouth, but my throat looks kind of cobblestone-y, I guess sure. they call it. Yep. A little uh-huh. bumpy. Yep. That's and, a sign um, of inflammation. Yeah, it feels like there's a tickle there. Right. It feels like there's a hair in my throat and I can't get it out. Yep. Okay, so the the Prilosec is a proton pump inhibitor. There are a bunch of them, Dexalant, Prilosec, Prevacid, uh, Nexium out there, um, Protonics, can I name them all? But um, that will decrease the amount of acid that's produced in your stomach. It will not stop this fluid from moving around, though. That's the, that's the issue, and it's still got chunks of of things that you ate and pureed, things that you masticated with your teeth. And uh, so it's still going to be irritating. It just won't be as acidic as it was. So uh, what I recommend people do is that's fine to take up. And Dr. Scott is a, is my sort of alternative medicine guru uh, here, and he he hates proton pump inhibitors. His uh, you can throw your thing in, Scott, if you want to. If he's has symptoms, what would you recommend that he do? Sure, yeah, I'd, I would tell him just to try some yellow mustard. Believe um, it or not, in a spoon, it works pretty well. Um, and I'm not completely opposed to those those PPIs. I mean, I think to, at least to get things under control initially, they're they're excellent. But certainly, if he's having it, sounds like he's got a hyper hyperactive airway kind of too where he's got that acid in his back of his throat yeah and that mustard will help a little bit so joe what i what i recommend people do for this is um to uh when you're sleeping what kind of bed do you have you don't have a water bed do you no. Does, okay. Does anybody have a water bed? I, I don't know if any, I don't know if anybody has a water bed anymore. But water beds are anathema to people with reflux because the the top part of your body is heavier than the lower part, and so you'll end up uh, actually having your head slightly downward compared to your stomach, and then just stuff just flows from the stomach into your uh, into your hypopharynx and your uh, into your lungs. So uh, take a go get a couple of bricks, just regular the you know sixteen. 16 by 4 bricks and put them under the head of your bed po- the bedpost uh, under the head of your bed so it lifts up the head of your bed by maybe you know 2 3 inches it's not enough okay. to cause you to fall to the bottom you know to roll to the bottom of the bed during the night but it's absolutely enough to keep stomach contents in your stomach the other thing is uh, no carbohydrates no alcohol uh, at, at within four hours of going to bed, and for me it was six. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it, because if you do, alcohol loosens the, the sphincter in the bottom of the esophagus. It's not a very good valve in the first place. And if you've got a little hiatal hernia, that makes it even worse. And uh, so it, it, the last thing you want is to loosen that valve that's already not that great of a valve. And then for whatever reason, the carbohydrates make a huge difference. Avoid pasta, avoid bread in, at dinner yes. time. At least, at least until you get everything under control. It yep. makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, so protein, green okay. leafy vegetables, Greens, that kind yeah, of stuff greens. for your evening meal. Yeah. And uh, no snacking, no cereal before bed, any no of that ice bullshit. No ice cream, no that bullshit. Yeah, it's got. I love cereal. And, and I used to, and uh, it would kill me if I ate cereal before I went to bed now. So uh, those are the big things, and there are medications that can tighten that lower esophageal sphincter. The reason they don't give them first line is because they've got some significant long term downsides. The uh, ultimate last resort for people who have this and can't get it under control is a thing called a fundoplication. And the fundoplication is a surgical procedure where they go in and they tighten up that sphincter down there to keep stomach contents in the stomach and keep the uh, flow of food going one way from the mouth to the stomach and into the intestine and not backwards. Okay. Now, so I've been for a couple of days, I've tried that because my diet is definitely causing it. It's horrible. I drink like three or four Cokes a day. I eat a lot of salsa, nothing but pizza and pasta, marinara. I eat late at night. I eat sure. huge meals. So I've basically, for my whole life, done everything you're supposed to do to get this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so if I take <laughs> the Prilosec and then cut out soda, which I've been doing, I cut out soda and all the marinara sauce and stuff. How long will it take before I start seeing results? Oh, uh, well, with, literally within days. Oh, easily, easily. Um, uh, people that oh, I put okay. on. So I learned about this carbohydrate thing, not because I was taught about it in medical school, but when I was working with diabetics who were type 2 diabetics, I'd put them on a low-carb diet for a while and get them to lose weight, get their blood sugars back under control. And almost all of them said, I don't, you know, all my reflex is gone, too. And so when I went on a low-carb diet, I noticed I didn't have any heartburn anymore either. So, uh, and it, it was literally within days. But I, it, it's not, the marinara, yeah, it's got a little acidy vinegar in it that may be uh, an issue, but it's really the pasta and the dough from the pizza, in my opinion, that's causing this problem at night rather than the marinara itself. Absolutely, Absolutely. Okay. Cause it, well, it seems I'm feeling it kind of all day, worse at night, I guess, but like just kind of, and it's not horrific. It's just, yep. a, like I said, a tickle or a cough. It almost feels like I have asthma. Like I feel like I'm like, <gasps> like a yep. weird. Sure. Not, not good, but it's only been happening for a week. So it took me a long time to get it after eating shit my whole life. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it has to start sometime. So it'll take a little, uh, a few. Sorry, no, I was just going to say it has to start sometime. I remember the day I first had heartburn, and uh, it was you know it was like it was yesterday, and I've been bothered with it ever since. Um, but the other thing that would be interesting is is this has only been going on for a week. If three weeks from now it's gone, mm. uh, it you know it it could have been a, a viral infection or some other issue that was just uh, or a. Uh, an allergy where you're having post-nasal drip, and that can cause a lot of the symptoms that you're having as well, and it could be absolutely unrelated to your stomach. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, it's good that I'm trying to start eating healthy for the first time in my life, but yeah. I don't know what else to eat. I'm like, I'm like a child. I've only <laughs> eaten four things my whole life. Burgers, fries, pasta, and uh, 
also. Sure. Well, email so, me and I I'll can send best. you some stuff. Uh, there, I, I, I was like you. I, I had a pretty shitty diet for a long time, and I really have done since November, I decided I was really going to go much healthier. I'm not a vegan. Dr. Scott's a pescatarian. We don't have any vegans in this in this uh, studio. But I've been really getting by with a lot more salads and grilled chicken. And i got to tell you, I enjoy it now. It took me a while to get used to it, but now I kind of crave it. So you can change these long-term eating habits. And I feel a million times better that I'm not sitting down ordering a double cheeseburger and, oh, throwing the bun away, saying, oh, I'm, I'm eating healthy and, and eating all these french fries because those didn't seem to bother my stomach. So I was an idiot. Mm. And um, uh, it really does make a difference, and I, it, it's very doable, and it's very enjoyable. I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy eating just as much as I ever did. I'm just eating different things. Okay. Well, it made me nervous because my diet, I've been pretty good the last two days. No soda, no pizza, no pasta, no anything. I've just been eating salad and chicken. But the yeah. the symptoms seem to be as bad or worse the last two days. Gotcha. So that's without the Prilosec. Okay. That's without the Prilosec? So, yeah, I just I took the Prilosec for the first time today. So Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's do the diet and the Prilosec for about a week and then call me and we'll kind of go through all of this and we'll try to figure this out. The other thing is... Um, Let's, uh, Scott. Why don't you send him some of your sinus rants, sure. and let's just make sure it's not post nasal drip that's causing all these symptoms. Sure, because that can certainly mimic right. silent reflux. No question about that. Because you, you really, it's just the opposite. You're getting these toxic fluids, but they're coming from above rather than from below, and they can cause the same same symptoms. Absolutely. All right. So uh, email me your address again, and I'll get Scott to send you um, a complimentary. Uh, uh, sinus rants, and we'll see if that helps. Get it from both ends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Can I throw one more thing at you? While of course. I'm talking about it? Yeah. Of course. Uh, so I've, I've looked. I'm a, I'm a, I get obsessive. So I look in the back of my throat a bunch. Yep. I've seen like white. It looks like saliva foam coming from the top down to the bottom. Like yep. Dripping down my back of my throat. Yep. Is that acid or is that something else? That's most likely that makes sense. nasal mucus. Yeah, so you we may be on to something with mm-hmm. this post nasal drip thing. Yep. If you don't want to okay. wait till Doctor Scott's thing, just go to the to the oh, oh, oh wait. well okay. If you got ninety bucks to blow, <laughs> go to a CVS or a Walgreens, and they've got a machine called a Navage. And the Navage, uh, you might have heard us talking about it earlier, uh, is a uh, it, it's a motorized device that sh- it shoots saline in one nostril and sucks it out the other one. And if you have a post nasal drip problem, it will completely eradicate that. Now, if you don't want to spend the ninety bucks just on the odd chance that's what it is, before you do that, go to one of those places and get a bottle of this stuff called Ocean Nasal Spray. It's ocean like the sea. Okay. And you just spray the shit out of your nose with this stuff and suck it back, spray it again, suck it back, and then blow your nose. And you should get a whole lot of just nasty, disgusting mucus out of there. And you may notice that this is getting better. And if that does work, then the Navage might be something that you'll want to uh, that you'll want to get. Uh, but I love the ocean okay. nasal spray. It's um, uh, or there's another one called um, Simply Saline. And there's fail in comparison okay. to the Simply Herbal sinus spray. That's right. The sim- the stuff Dr. Scott's going to send you is infinitely better, but this stuff will do in a pinch. Yeah, that's true. Okay. And I get that at CVS, too? Oh, yeah, anywhere. Yeah. Oh, right. 
All right, I'm going to try all this, but I'm going to try the diet thing too because I don't want to die. Yeah, anyway, well, I eat like crap. So. You should eat better anyway. So even if it doesn't fix your <laughs> yeah. symptoms, that's still something you should do. Don't die. I decided okay. when I hit 63, maybe I wanted to live a few more years. So that's something too. So, but I, I feel right. I yeah. feel literally 20 years younger right now. Wow. All right. Great. So. All right, let's not die. Because the, the one thing that scared me about it is that if left untreated, it can uh, increase your chances of cancer. So I want to make sure I'm treating it. Is that considered treating it by eating better and taking Prilosec? Uh, y- yes. Um, so uh, decreasing the uh, irritation of the lower esophagus particularly will decrease the risk of esophageal cancer over time. They, that used to be questionable. The data is reasonable on that at this point. So... Okay. And yeah. keep talking to Dr. Steve. That helps. And, and have, eating a lot of fat increases your risk of uh, of not only heart attack and stroke, but also of cancer as well. So, you know, just eating better is better for you. We literally are what you eat because that's the only way that you can turn over the cells in your body is using protein and sugars and uh, things of that nature that you've ingested uh, orally, you know. So we, we truly are what we eat, and it makes a big difference. All right, great. Thanks so much for the help and for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, email me any uh, thoughts or info. I appreciate it. Okay, we'll do. Yeah, send me that. Send me your address. And uh, I, I just realized I've just been a cliche slinging zilch this whole phone call. Oh, you are what you eat. But anyway, it's go. I, I don't fuck myself. But, but. <laughs> I appreciate it. That was great. It was very helpful. So I should be, I should I should plan to feel better the next few days. If not, I should you know. Yeah, and then yeah. If you don't, let us know. Move to another country or something. Yeah, well, then right, we'll just go to Plan B and Plan C, and this is this is how these things are are figured out. You start off, you know, if you're if you're in Central Park and you hear hoof prints coming behind you, you're going to think it's a horse. You're not going to think it's a zebra, right? But it could be a zebra. It's right. just unlikely. So the horse in this case is silent reflux or post nasal drip. And there are zebras that it could be as well, but you always want to treat the horse first because that's the most common thing. You're, 90, you're going to hit it 90-some percent of the time just by doing that. Uh, if you're still not getting better, then the ENT you know, may want to uh, uh, pass a fiber, fiber optic scope down your nose and look around. They may want to send you to a gastroenterologist to see if you've got a bad hiatal hernia or something like that. There are other things that we can do. We can figure this out over time, but it's a process. Okay. Well, he did this. He did the nose thing. He stuck a little camera down my nose. It was okay. Unpleasant. Good. Good. Yeah. And he didn't seem too worried. Okay. Very good. So, all right. Awesome. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I mean, it seems likely that it's diet diet related, since I eat exclusively things that cause this. Yeah, you eat shit. For so, 35 years. Yeah. So, so therefore, he is years, shit. Right. And so, you know, the... Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm shit. And I said I feel 20 years younger, and I still feel older than you are right now. So it's, you know, it's not all that great. But. <laughs> great. Perfect. All right, man. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You, you got any gigs to plug? Uh, well, I'm in Fort Worth right now. I'm at Hyenas, if you happen to be at Fort Worth tonight. And um, um, you can see me on Netflix. Season two of the stand-ups is on Netflix oh, right yeah. now. It's okay. streaming all the time. So go check it out. Yeah, we'll check that out. Absolutely. Hey, thanks, man. And there's some medical humor in there. So thank oh, you, okay. Steve. I appreciate it. Uh, surely to God, some project you're doing will require the presence of an elderly doctor <laughs> some at some point. 
My whole life is that problem. Uh, okay, well, that doesn't help me get on TV. But anyway, I'm, all right, man. I'm living that project. I'll all try. Right. I'll try my best. Okay, I'll see you. <laughs> okay, right. Joe List. All right, thanks. ComedianJoeList.com. All right. He's a good feller. Good feller. All right. Um, what else we got? You guys got anything? Nope. Is that not? Well, all right then. Hell with you. Let's see if we've got anything here. Oh, hey, you got anything for tinnitus? Depends on what's causing it. Okay. I mean, we're going to hit that next time. Yeah. Uh, lady diagnosis was uh, talked about for quite some time on the Opie Radio podcast. We'll be hitting that next week as well. Uh, let's see what else we have. Uh, oh, some more anti-vaccine stuff. Cold urticaria. And, uh, oh, it looks like uh, Riley Martin from beyond the uh, grave sent us, a, sent us a message. Let's see. Hmm. Uh, until next time, check oh. your stupid nuts for lungs. Well, that's not right. Wait a, Wait a minute. Yeah, uh, thanks always go to Dr. Scott, the lovely lady diagnosis, and the exquisite Tacey. Uh, we can't forget uh, Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, uh, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Long, Travis Tefford, uh, Tom Kaufman, and his little dog, Amber and Chantilly, Virginia. <laughs> well, anyway, that's uh, our friend Riley Martin from Beyond the Beyond. Don't forget, stuff.drsteve.com. That's stuff.drsteve.com for all your shopping needs. Tweakedaudio.com. Offer code FLUID for 33% off. Best earbuds for the price and the best customer service anywhere. Don't forget simplyherbals.net. That's Dr. Scott's website. We're going to be sending some Simply Herbals to uh, Joe. Check out noom.drsteve.com if you want to get on this Noom app. Get 20% off and uh, two weeks free. And if you want um, archives of the show, why would you? Premium.drsteve.com. Uh, listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, on demand and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you next week for the next edition of Weird Medicine.